With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Awake to Oneness Radio. I am Caroline Chang, your host. The mission of Awake to Oneness Radio is to inspire the world to awaken to the universal truth of oneness. Science is now teaching us that all life is energy, and that energy is interconnected and interdependent. In actuality, what that means is we are all one. Science is now just catching up to um, what ancient wisdom and spirituality has been teaching us for eons, that the, the universal truth of oneness is that everything is interconnected and interdependent. So what you do to another person, you're literally doing to another aspect of yourself. And when mankind awakens to the truth of oneness, there will be peace on earth. Today's show topic is Sufism for Everyday Life with Stuart. <laughs> Stuart, and I forgot to ask how you Bitcoff. Bitcoff. Stuart Bitcoff. I thought so. With Stuart Bitcoff. I am just finding out now that Stuart also lives here in the Poconos. Welcome, neighbor. <laughs> hey. <laughs> to a a way small world. Yes. A small world. It is a small world, and you're my first guest. I've done about 145 shows, and you are my first guest from the Poconos. So I am very, very uh, happy to have you here on the show. Um, another Pokey, Pokey, Poconoian. I don't know what we call each other. Is that a word? Is that a word? I, think, I didn't know that. I think I just made it up. Okay. <laughs> I think I, so I have heard of Sufism, but don't know much or anything other than I do, I, I do understand that Sufism does embrace oneness. That's about all. <laughs> My limited knowledge of Sufism. So please, now before we even get into um, that, please share with our listeners your journey, your spiritual journey, and how you came to this knowledge, um, um, understanding that you have. Well, the oneness is something that strikes the chord uh, between what we'll talk about and what I'm going to talk about now. Um, Let's see, my name's Stuart Bitkoff. Uh, let's see, I have a doctorate in education from NYU. Mm -hmm. I've, worked, I've worked 30 to 40 years with mentally ill people, people with behavioral problems, people with um, uh, brain issues. Um, I was a manager in New York State hospitals. And just like everybody else, I grew up in, in this culture. And I, my aims and goals were just like everybody else at the time. It was either um, go into the army because the Vietnam War was going on mm -hmm. or, you know, get a job. And at that point, I was being trained to work in psychiatric hospitals. And I was fortunate to get a deferment um, working in Bronx Psychiatric Center, uh, the New York City State Hospitals. Mm -hmm. I really didn't want to go back there. I had grown up in Manhattan. I was born and raised in Manhattan. And I was very happy to leave New York City. But as life would have it, um, I was offered this job. And it turned out that off also offered a deferment because at the time there weren't very many men going to work in the, in the New York State psychiatric hospitals. And I was specifically trained as a recreation therapist. And I was very good at it. So I had to accept the job, move back to my hometown. And that depressed the heck out of me mm -hmm. having to do that. But okay. life 
forces you to do things sometimes that you don't want to do. But in the process of coming back to New York City, many good things happened to me. Um, working at Bronx Psychiatric Center, I met my wife, I met many of my lifetime, lifetime friends. Also, I ran into what people would call a spiritual master. He worked in the hospital. He was a psychiatrist who was from Pakistan. Okay. He dressed just like anybody else. If you saw him on the street, you wouldn't know him. He dressed like any doctor, suit, tie. And he spoke perfect English because he was um, schooled in England. Okay. And the Sufism, if you will, or the learning that we had was specific to our American culture. Now, Sufism, like many other denominations, has very many different, I don't know, what's the word, paths or different segments or sectors. For example, many people, if you go online and you Google Sufism, you'll see that there are 12 major orders. Okay. Okay? Mm -hmm. So there's an order, the Mafnavi order is the order that was started after the death of Rumi. Most okay. Americans know who Rumi is because he's quite a famous poet now. Yes. Um, uh, and, and also there are Nasbandis. The Nasbandi order subsumes all the other orders. And um, when we were sitting in those rooms at lunchtime and after work, because there was a whole bunch of students who got invited to these kinds of sessions, mm -hmm. um, nobody was forced to read the Quran, to learn Arabic, or anything like that. The method of accessing the oneness or the, the holiness was in a form that fit the American times and the modern times that we were in. Mm -hmm. I would not have been, what's the word, tolerant of a path that required me to join a Sufi order, wear a robe, and l listen to most things in Arabic. I see. Um, so what the basic underlying part to the Sufism that we were taught was universal Sufism, and it said basically that it has existed since the beginning of the time. Mm -hmm. The beginning of time, there have been spiritual masters who have walked this earth, and it was an inner learning, an esoteric learning, mm -hmm. as opposed to an exoteric learning. Most of what goes on in synagogues, churches, is exoteric, exoteric learning or learning about the outside of religion. You come to you go pray on a Sunday. This is the prayer that you say. And the inner experience, the esoteric experience, the inner experience, this inner current has existed since the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. And it's what the scientists are now talking about with their string theory and that we're all connected. And what we learned in those sessions was how to connect with that current because mm -hmm. there was a part of us that had that in us and it was the underlying basis of the universe. And we learned how to connect with that and use that in daily life. Mm -hmm. And that was, in, in essence, a mystical school, if you will, because that's what you do in a mystical school. You okay. connect with this inner energy and it changes you over time and you become a better citizen of the world. What we were taught very straightforward was that, Stuart, you're going to have a job. You're going to work in the world. You're going to help to make it better. And this mysticism, this spiritual learning is in, is in addition to your other responsibilities because okay. it's one aspect of living in daily life. Um, mm -hmm. And during the, mm -hmm. during the course of all of this, I found out that I had a capacity to write books, spiritual books. Okay. So if you go online and you Google my name, Bitcoff, right. and you go to Amazon, you'll see, I don't know, seven, eight different books okay. that I've written over the years. Okay. And part of my mission, I guess, is to provide information to people. And that's why I look to go on shows like yours.
Okay. Well, <clears throat> I, I love, you mentioned Rumi, and uh, I, I have a quote, one of my favorite quotes uh, is a Rumi quote, is you're not a drop in the ocean, you are the ocean in the drop. That's the holographic aspect. So we're we're not a part of we're not just a little tiny piece of God. All that is because my term for God is all that is, and okay. we're not we're not a piece of all that is. We're a holographic aspect, meaning all of God is within each of us, the entirety. And so, and you were talking about the um, the inner spirituality, which that is what I resonate with, is the inner. Um, I was raised, um, I went to Catholic school, um, so I had to go to religion every day when I was in school as a youngster, and it didn't resonate with me. The, the exterior, the dogma of religion never resonated with me, even though I went, I went to Catholic school. I was very active at one time in a... Um, when I moved here to the Poconos in the late 90s, or I moved here in the early 90s, but in the late 90s, I got very active in a, a local church. And I basically, I enjoyed the fellowship, but the, the dogma never, still never resonated with me. Um, and then I, I really had, at one point, had to come to terms with really searching more so metaphysically, spiritually, for what really resonated with me. And what resonates with me, I, I don't claim to be of any one religion because the oneness truly resonates with me. And re oneness for me is not, um, someone asked me one time when I first started my show, what is this oneness? Is it a new religion? For me, oneness is the opposite of a religion. Oneness for me includes any and everybody, no matter what your belief is, you are a part of the oneness. So sometimes religion, just by the name, Christian, um, Hindu, um, Muslim, sometimes just the names are labels that separate us when we are all literally one. And it's like you said, the inner world, the inner world is really, I believe for me, and I say, on this show, I share what resonates as true for me, but I inspire others to go within and live what resonates as true for them. What resonates as true for me is the outer world is an illusion that is being projected from within me. So when I want to change what's on the outside, I have to first change the inside. Well, yeah, I agree on, with much of what you said. Um, mm -hmm. Basically, we were taught to respect everybody's religion. Mm -hmm. what, basically, what people didn't learn or forgot was that religions were brought to humanity at a specific time and a place. Okay. It had a historical component to it. So, for example, I was initially raised Jewish. Okay. So, the presentation that Jesus brought to the Jews in 100 whatever it was or you know zero bc right that presentation would be different than if he was walking down the street in manhattan today right At, back then women were treated as property but yeah. today's world that doesn't hold right but so, and yeah. when muhammad came as the seal of the prophets he brought that revelation to the desert people who were, and pardon my language here, sons of bitches. They were, you know, they were taking each other's wives. They were killing travelers on, uh, on the highways. They were just mean, awful people. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to kill him. So that's why he had to have a war against them. Okay. And this, and this was tied to a specific time and place. Now, we were also taught that all these great teachers all came from the same place, the oneness. Right. The inner current was the same. The external teaching had to fit the culture and the time and the place. Mm -hmm. What you would bring to the desert Arabs would be different than what you would bring to Manhattan. Right. 
and we're talking about a hundreds of years difference. So we work under the guise of two things. One, religion is a starting off point for spiritual learning. What usually happens is the exoteric or the outer is what's presented and that turns people off because they never get to the inner experience. Okay. Because most of these religions are shells of their former self because they keep um, talking about these external prayers. So to find a true inner experience is very difficult for people. That's why these mystical schools and living teachers exist in every community. Living teachers exist to update the teaching in the modern form. Just like in your introduction, what you basically did was update this living ancient tradition in the modern form. In, in our society, in Bartonsville, or in the Poconos, or in the United States, it, our knowing has to be tied to science. It has to be tied to the psychologies. Mm -hmm. it, uh, we, science has to validate what the mystics have been saying since the beginning of time, because people need that credibility. And that's what's happening. What we're beginning, to, what we're seeing is, is that all these scientists are coming up with stuff that the mystics have been dealing with since the beginning of time. Yeah, science is just now catching up. And actually, in truth, in my case, it was the science that, that really had me understand it. Um, it was quant, you know, it was quantum physics, studying quantum physics and how everything is interconnected and everything is one that made that simplified it for me and it Absolutely. made made it, you know i really understood what i had been studying for years metaphysically much more once i understood the oneness for me that's all it took was understanding that god is everything and there's nothing outside of god nothing exists that is not god and that is holographic when I started to understand what holographic means, meaning like what Rumi says, you're not a drop in the ocean, you are the ocean in a drop. So we each are all, uh, all of God in a drop. And we're all, that, and that can never change no matter what a person believes. The, the truth of it is just, to me, is so, blatant is the only word i could think of using and it's a matter of us remembering this this dynamic truth this fundamental truth of who we truly are who we're not we're not flesh and blood we have a body just like we have a car uh, we have a body for getting around in this this um realm but we are not our body we are eternal we 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 live eternal lives and so to me it's um i just felt inspired to share this simple for me it's a simple truth uh, of, of unconditional love and unconditional forgiveness through oneness because when you understand that everybody is an aspect of you you can forgive them you can unconditionally love them and see that they're they may be still very much asleep and misguided but you still understand that they're still a part of you it's almost like having a child that um a two-year-old child that makes a mess in the on the kitchen floor i mean you're like you can like oh no don't do that you know and clean up the mess but you're not gonna hate that child you're not going to want to kill that child you're going to just have unconditional love for that child and when we look at everybody in the world as that two-year-old child and as a part of us we have unconditional love and we want to share in love you know to help inspire them because i believe awakening comes from within it's it's you can read as many books as you want. You can go to services. You could pray. You could, all these things are good. But true awakening comes from within a person, and they have to do that internal, internal work. And it's going to be different with everyone, I think, I believe. 
Yeah, well, what we what the Sufis talk about, or what we talk about, is right time, right place, right people. Mm-hmm. There has to be coming together of all of these elements. Mm-hmm. I mean, just from a chemical standpoint, everybody who walks this planet has the same chemicals in them. We have right. the same chemicals that are in the asteroids that go around in in the universe. So chemically, we have so many similarities. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure there are differences you know, between asteroids and people, but we have the same, you know, we're made of stardust, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so we are, we're we're all connected on so many ways. Now, are there people who, you see, it's it's a touchy thing kind of a thing here. You know, nobody's telling us, you know, Jesus, I guess one of his teachings was if somebody slapped you, you would turn the other cheek and let them slap you back. Um, there's different ways of looking at that. And I was raised in New York City on the streets of New York City. Okay, mm-hmm. that teaching doesn't apply for me okay. in that set of circumstances. Because I was younger, somebody hit me, I would hit them back. Mm-hmm. Um, what we talk about is the usefulness of teachings, and people can disagree about different teachings. Now, mm-hmm. I, during the course of the learning in in the spiritual schools, I read. All the texts, I read the Old Testament, New Testament, the, the Zoroaster thing, the, the Mormon thing, and I read the Koran. I must have read the Koran 20 times. Mm, okay. Okay, at least 20 times. And, and when, you, when you read the Koran, now once again, I'm raised Jewish. When you read the Koran, if it's making a, a thousand points, there's only seven, there were only seven or eight that I personally would disagree with. That means that there were 992 I agreed with. So I said to myself, why are people fighting over these other things? Mm. Okay. They were looking for ways. See, I look at religion as just a way for people to start a fight. (laughs) Just look as a way that they look at um, real estate. They look at oil. They look at somebody insulted me. And that's what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. People are using whatever they can to take from each other. Now, what the spiritual learning taught us was that once you connect with this other force, <laughs> I mean, we're talking about like if people have ever been in love, it's one thing to listen to all of these love songs. Mm-hmm. It's enough, one thing to read love poetry. It, it's beautiful. It's wonderful to read Rumi's poetry. Right. It's another thing to have the connection with what we call the light. That's another term for what we call God, mm-hmm. the light. Once you've connected with the light and been taken to that other place, you realize you're more than what you are here. Mm-hmm. And what all of these people are doing is they're lowering the standard, if you will. You know, every soul, every person has a higher soul and a lower soul. They're caught up in the lower soul. The lower soul wants what it wants for itself. The higher soul knows what it needs because mm-hmm. it can, can connect with this life force, with this interconnection. Right. And the, we, every day, every moment, we make a decision about what we choose to do. The spiritually conscious person, what they do in the moment is they make the highest possible choice for themselves. What we were taught is, as you were mentioned, we're, we're pure consciousness on, on many levels. Yes. And when we're at work, so if I'm walking down the street and somebody bully comes up and hits me in the face, what Jesus was basically saying is, look, Stu, <laughs> you have a choice here. Mm-hmm. You can go with your lower self, which would tell you to defend yourself and right. hit them back because mm-hmm. an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Or you could go with your higher soul and walk away mm-hmm. or do something else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you have to fight back. But most of the time, you can figure out another way out of it. But every moment is an opportunity either to reach higher or to give in to our baser nature. Right. And we see this at work every day. Mm-hmm. We see people cutthroating each other. We see all of this. Right. And what what spiritual teaching is intended to do is is to make people's lives better and it's intended to be in the world and to be very practical 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And. Well, I think I, from what you said, like I, I use the term higher self and lower self, which is the right. same. And, and same for me, the, the lower self is usually the, the ego mind, or sometimes I even call it the monkey mind. And the, the higher self is the all-knowing, your soul, your, your higher self that knows all and knows exactly why you're here, exactly your purpose for being. And um, like you said, in, in every situation, you have that choice in every now moment. And I and I think it from it's from the the I for I two for the two I believe was Old Testament and um, um, then there was a the the the, the other saying in the, in the Bible of turn the other cheek and I I'm not sure if that was new, probably more New Testament Jesus but um, so you do have that I mean it's you know I believe that. Everything that's happening is happening from within. So if something does happen on the outside, you have that choice to go higher. And, and you have that in every now moment. And me personally, I would, um, because I actually, it, it, nobody hit me, physically hit me, but I was um, on a grocery line in the store and a lady just started cur- here in the Poconos <laughs> in Walmart in the Pocono, Mount Pocono. Um, right. The lady behind me thought I was moving too slow. Uh, <laughs> and because I, I was moving, she just started cursing. I mean, a complete stranger started cursing me out. I just, I was shocked because this person doesn't know me. And I just looked at her and even the, the cashier looked at her. Yeah, we both didn't say anything, but after the lady, I, I was, fin- the cashier finished checking me out. I just turned around to the lady and said, you have a blessed day. So even after she cursed me out, a complete stranger, I kept my composure, still it like, and then, you know, got, had a few minutes to like know how to respond from a higher place and told her to have a blessed day. So I know that kind of probably, you know, that just kind of shook her in a sense because when someone's coming at you, they expect you to come back at them. And when you don't, when you don't bring that same energy that they brought and you actually turn that energy around and bless them, they're taken off guard. And they're like, they, they have to like figure out how, you know, they have to kind of think, well, why did I just do that? Why did I just uh, curse at that person I don't even know? Then they realize it's all coming from within them. They might be having a bad day, and they're taking it out on a complete stranger. You know what I'm saying? That's right. You took the higher road, and um, she, she, at some point, realized that. Yes. Which was beautiful. Yes. So that's a, a, and you're you're right. It is a practice. Um, spirituality is something that, as we expect in the modern day that we're living in. It's something we do have to to think about every moment and how we because we we don't really control what comes at us, but we can control how we respond to it. That's- well, we live yeah we live in a very difficult time where mm-hmm. particularly with all of these electronic things, as you're saying, all these stimuli coming at us one right after another. Most people worrying how they're going to pay their bills, working two jobs. I mean, I remember, you know, like I said, I, I grew up in New York. I worked in New York City and so many single moms, if you will. Yes. Working two jobs, running home to get their kids because their mother's babysitting. And you say, well, how does spirituality fit in that? They don't even have time to, you know, exactly. sit and take a shower you yes. know, for themselves till, till nine or 10 o'clock at night. And what we were taught basically in the spiritual school was how to turn everyday life into the prayer mm-hmm. and what you did by turning the other cheek and right. telling that lady to have a blessed day is everyday spirituality and everyday life yes you didn't really change what you were doing um i got an email the other day where somebody asked me well how do you know if you're doing something for god or for the light okay mm-hmm. and um and i wrote a book about commuting to work every day Mm-hmm. And I had a commute drive every day on Major Deegan Expressway, which is uh, <laughs> a killer of a highway. Okay. And 
And my premise being was, if spirituality is such a hot thing, okay, such a cool thing to do, right? let me see how it can turn this horrible thing I have to do every day into something higher. Mm-hmm. And what the book was about basically was using meditative techniques and certain types of techniques at certain times right. to make the ride something else. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when the road backed up and I knew I was going to be late for work. Right. The first reaction was, oh, crap. <laughs> but then when the spiritual piece sets in, mm-hmm. how do you turn that into something else? Right. How do you go past that? And that's what spiritual practice does. Because yes. I say it's very practical. It's something called everyday spirituality, which mm-hmm. has been around hundreds of years. Yes. And in our culture... We are just beginning again to explore the usefulness of these ancient techniques mm. like meditation. I get these emails from some, somebody in Philadelphia mm-hmm. that's teaching high school kids how to meditate. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I, I have an eight-year-old grandson, and it's so funny. He was spending a summer with me, and I've been doing my show now for four years. And when and he, this a few summers ago, when he was with me, he knows that Mima, he calls me Mima, does her show. And at that time, I was doing, I was recording live. And he was just sitting, he, at that time, he was six years old. He's eight now. He's six years old. I'm recording a live show. And he's sitting in the middle of the floor, meditating with his, like an Indian style, with his, um, you know, legs crossed and holding his hands correct. And, he, and I didn't teach it to him. So after I recorded the show, I said, TJ, he said, where did you learn that? He said, in school. He goes to he goes to a um, chartered school in North New Jersey, and there uh, Robert Treat Academy, and they're teaching the kids how to meditate in school in first kindergarten, first grade. He was learning how they were teaching him how to meditate. I thought that was so great because I I, I I thought wow wow I didn't teach that to you. You learned that on your own in school. That was great. Yeah. Once again, that's based upon science. In the mm-hmm. 1970s, Herbert Benson wrote a book, two books, The Relaxation Response and Beyond the Relaxation Response. Herbert Benson was a world-renowned heart surgeon mm-hmm. out of Boston. Yes. And he scientifically validated the efficacy of meditation. What do I mean by that? He listed a whole bunch of diseases, things like eczema, high blood pressure, yes. where if you're meditating regularly, you can help to control. Yes. So what we saw in the 1970s is now beginning to, through science, once again, Yes. and that's the way in our culture, these ancient principles are coming forward. The, the teaching, if you will, that's what the Sufis call it. The yes. teaching is being expressed through the sciences and the social sciences, the behavioral sciences, psychology, yes. mm-hmm. uh, through art, the physics, like you were talking about. And it's giving, waking people up to something that's been around for a long time. And now they're using it because, once again, the teaching has to be in a form that people can understand. Yes. Yes. Very people true. People are tired of hearing, go to church or go to synagogue every Saturday, say these six prayers, give your money, and you will get to heaven. <laughs> people are tired of hearing that. Yes. Yes. This is true. Yes, this, this is very true. I believe that people are, humanity as a whole is waking up one by one. I truly believe so. And I think the internet has a lot to, to do with that too because um, people are getting um, more of this type of programming on the internet, on YouTube. Um, they're getting, people are getting away from just the traditional go to church on Sunday or, or, or um, Saturday and just go home and live your life because, and, and I was thinking on that commute too, you were saying commuting, if you got caught in a traffic jam, one of the things, there's so many tapes, there's so many audiobooks, spiritual audiobooks, there's so many podcasts that people could actually listen to something inspirational while they're caught, caught in a traffic jam, you know, especially if they're not Look, moving. You know. <laughs> yeah, I want to 
just clarify something. I have a lot of respect for religion. Both my grandparents, both my grandfathers, were very much connected with their synagogues. Mm -hmm. And on my father's side, we go back to the Kohanes. The Kohanes are the priests in the Jewish traditions. And so what I learned from my grandfathers was a love for religion. Mm -hmm. But it didn't work for me. While they were happy to go all the time and they found everything they needed mm-hmm. in their in religion, it didn't work for me. Exactly. And so I respect people's religious views. Oh, I mean, I do too. If, if going to church gets you there and makes you happier, God bless. It didn't work for me. That I, was my, I don't want to use the word failing. Maybe it was a failing in me, but mm-hmm. it certainly pushed me in another direction. Right. No, no, I agree with you a thousand percent. And I say that all the time on on the show. I have the utmost respect for everybody's religion and everybody's belief, no matter what their their belief is. Because I believe that no matter what your belief is, you're still a part of me. You're still an aspect of me. So, and I have the utmost, I believe that the thing that, I think sometimes gets religions into trouble is trying to be make one right over the other. I have equal respect for all religions. And I, I believe everybody should have the opportunity to express and live their belief from their core. Like you said, your, your grandparents and your, your ancestry, they had, they got what they needed from their religion. And the same thing with me, I was going to Catholic school. It wasn't, it wasn't doing anything for me. It's like, no, this is not resonating with me. And I was brought up in a strict household where I could not say that, but I knew in my heart what I was being taught was not resonating. And I just said, okay, when I get older, when I get to an age where I could actually search for truth on my own, that's what I'm going to do. But yes, it's following a person really going more a heart-centered, living a heart-centered life than um, your head, which I call the monkey mind or the egoic mind. That is where I believe that it's, I don't know if you ever heard of heart math, but heart What's math. Heart math? Heart math, yes, heart math. No. Okay. I've never heard that term. It is an organization that has proven scientifically. And I love that everything I talk about does have a scientific, you know, goes back to the science. It originates spiritually, but then it goes back to the science. Um, scientifically, it has been proven that the heart is much more intelligent than the brain. And so <laughs> I, yes, this has been, you got to check it, Google, heart math. Um, uh, and I've had the founder, co-founder of HeartMath as a guest on the show. Um, but the, it's much more, not just a little bit more. Your heart has a brain in it, and the heart is far more intelligent than the brain. So it, it's if you are... Yeah, the Sufis consider the heart the center of the soul or the yes. spirit. Yes. That's the part that takes us from world to world. Yes. Yes. So it, it, the thing I think will get us into our troubles as a humanity is letting the brain, the monkey, the e- egoic monkey mind rule when it should be the heart, the heart center. Let that rule and the brain follow instead of vice versa. Yep. Um, what is it? Um, one of the things that Muhammad said was that the best jihad is the inner jihad, mm. which is the war between what you were calling the monkey brain mm-hmm. and the higher soul. Yes. That, that the war that, that we, we should be fighting, this is the, the better jihad, mm-hmm. is the fight between our lower nature and our higher nature. You know, yeah. we're living in a world where people are taking religion and they're turning it into uh, they're mani- taking it into a manipulation. They're mm-hmm. trying to force people to believe a certain way, and they're reading into, you know, certain scriptures, certain kinds of things to justify their position. Right. Um, and we, we're living in a in, in a dark time in terms of that kind of a thing. 
And it's very important that people understand that these are certain people and they're being backed by other people, very powerful people. So they can control a lot of people and make a lot of money and get things their own way. And they're using, if you will, religion as a device. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And people need to understand that. Now, in, in my learning, the first Muslim I ever met was this spiritual teacher that I met in the early 1970s. Mm -hmm. I never met a more gentle, kinder, beautiful yeah. person exactly. than this. Mm -hmm. Changed my life. Mm -hmm. And what mm -hmm. I came to realize, he never told us to read the Quran. Mm -hmm. He said, whatever book, whatever you are, a Jew, a Christian, a Muslim, a Zoroastrian, through sitting with me, become a better Jew, a better Christian, a better Zoroastrian. Because when you go back to the heart of any religion, it's all the same. It's this interconnection that's all love. Yes. And that's what Rumi talks about. Yes. And all the great teachers talk about this inner spiritual knowing mm -hmm. and connection. Now, I get a lot of inquiries from people. Well, how do you connect to that? Mm-hmm. Now, where are the teachers to help me connect to that? And once again, I'm going to go back to right time, right place, yes. right people. Right. It's preparatory learning right. that has to go first. Because to connect to this spiritual current, and if you're not ready, you can become crazy. And mm -hmm. people have flipped out over this. They thought that they were God. They thought that they were on a mission to save the world. I'm the point sure. of the, the spiritual training is to make you a better person in the world. I'm not sure who said this, but there's that quote, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. I'm not sure. I know that's a quote from someone famous, and I'm not sure who I'm quoting. Yeah, yeah that's a quote that we use in, um, in, in our kind of a thing, too. Mm -hmm. I think that's many, many traditions. And what that's basically saying is that, look, this preparatory learning and you could be a good person mm -hmm. just be a good person <laughs> you know all the religions teach this yes. and if you don't like religion all social service agencies teach how to be a good person mm -hmm. you know you help your neighbor when they fall down right. <laughs> right if it's raining and you got an umbrella you offer to share it with somebody just a smile sometimes just that's, that's just, right just a smile, just I, what they call um, simple acts of kindness in every, in every now moment. We know how to be kind and loving to our fellow human being. And it's just those simple acts of kindness in every now moment. And I think that's, that's really how you start. And, and following what's in the heart, you know. A lot of times we don't follow what's in our heart. We, we allow our mind to talk us out of following what's in our heart. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, in America, we're living through a difficult time now. There, there's a polarization going on. I mean, there's always been a polarization going on as far as I can remember. Yes. But, and people are worried. People are fearful. Mm -hmm. And there's something that'll help us get past our fear. And we're talking about that now. Yes. It's this connection. And we're talking about, well, how do you do it? You do it one person at a time. Mm -hmm. You do it one moment at a time. Yes. If you don't like what's going on in your community, you don't like what's going on in Washington, D.C., each of us has different skills. Yes. If you can write a letter to your congressman, make a phone call, Yes. you know, have somebody who you back who you think will do a better job mm -hmm. that's how we make the world better right by taking personal action yes right now mm -hmm. yep one person at a time yes and i i always say because i get those questions too about how do i and a lot of times it's just quieting that mind and going within and asking those same questions ask within how do i you know how make in, a better world yeah. right and i think when we get, when we quiet our mind and really listen because our higher self our higher self is 
always trying to connect with us, always, to, a, to the lower self. Well, it's always there. It's always yes. there. It's just covered over by living in the world and the day-to-day exactly. -day consciousness. Exactly. Um, oh, there's one other example I'd like to give because I think it's to the point. Many people have to work two jobs. Mm -hmm. In our family, we had to work three jobs. I worked two, my wife worked one. Mm -hmm. And you say to yourself, Stu, well, what kind of action are you talking about? Taking political, personal action? Man, I barely got enough time. I'm commuting. I was commuting at the time, commuting right. six days a week, right. working two jobs. How do you have action time to make this world a better place? Right. Well, you know, my, my, when my teacher first what told me what to do, he said, Stu, Get up early on Saturday morning. Make mm -hmm. a nice breakfast for everybody in the family. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yes. I said, what are you talking about? How's that going to change things? He says, for that moment in time, mm -hmm. it'll change things because you're doing this for the higher purpose. Yes. Your intention is to make a better world. Your children will be happier. Your wife will be happier. And you'll be happier. Mm -hmm. And... Mm -hmm. So how is that a spiritual teaching? Well, it is a spiritual teaching because you're doing something for somebody else with the intention of creating a higher vibration, if you will, right. a higher energy. Yes. And you don't have to change the working the two jobs. Yeah, it fits in. It's called, once again, I'm going back to this everyday spirituality. And mm -hmm. that was the focus of the first school that I was in, the first school. Later on, I, I moved was sent on to the second spiritual school, which was a little bit different. Um, but for the people who are listening to this, and particularly in America, right. where we live, how do we make the world better, particularly with what's going on in Washington? I mean, they can't even pass a budget down there. I mean, come on. You know, but Trump is doing X, Y, and Z. I mean, I worked for the state of New York for 30 years. Mm -hmm. I was furloughed. Mm -hmm. But if I didn't show up for work, I got fired. If I didn't do my job, I got fired. Mm -hmm. What's going on in America that the president of the United States isn't doing his job because he's not letting the country, you know, the uh, government run? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying what we should do or what we shouldn't do. I'm just pointing out we live in difficult times. Right. And, and there's a tool that most of us have forgotten to use. It's this tool of spirituality. Mm hmm. Yes. And it made me think about when you were saying that um, your teacher said to make breakfast for your family on a Saturday morning. Right. It, it, what it brings to me, the analogy that came to my mind is a drop in a pond. How you, you, right. you drop a little drop of water, just one drop in a pond and you watch how that ripple reaches all that ripper is going to affect that entire pond that entire lake that is what we are we don't realize that just that drop like you said just a drop of intention affects because we truly are literally connected and so if you have one drop of good intention that drop is going to ripple out to the universe not just the world that drop is going to ripple out first to your community, then to your state, then to your country, then to the world, and then to the universe. That is how powerful we truly are. We don't know how powerful we are, but we are. Most of us have forgotten and don't remember that we are that drop in that pond that ripples out to the entire universe. <laughs> I'm thinking of a quote from uh, the book that I wrote about the commuting. It was called A Commuter's Guide to Enlightenment. And if, if you ever were wondered about the interrelatedness of man, mm -hmm. consider the effect of one stalled car on the expressway in New York City during rush hour. Okay. <laughs> where thousands of cars are, are backed up. Right. So. They're waiting to pick up the, the people who have daycare centers are waiting for those people to come pick them up. Exactly. The kids are all worried where they are. The people in their homes who, who are cooking the dinner are wondering where they are. The ripple effect just goes on and on and on. Exactly. And, and it never, it became so clear to me watching <laughs> 
the effect of one flat tire, if you will. Yes. <laughs> on yes. the expressway at, at, uh, at five o'clock. Yes, very true, very true. And say if you're, like say if you're in the car behind that car that is backing everything up and you can actually get out your car and help that guy put the car in neutral and maybe move that car out the way. That's so you, right. That one little thing, just helping this guy get his car out the way so other cars can pass, that's gonna, you know, so it's, it's every kind act we do. There's no such thing as a small kind act. Every intention for goodness and every kind act is affecting the entire planet. It, you're, we're all each that powerful. Yes. So I think it's, it's it, and I do believe it. We are truly one person at a time waking up and right now, what I say we're going through is growing pains, or, or birthing pains, actually, uh, labor pains. I believe humanity is going through labor pains right now because we are awakening to a, a higher dimension, a higher level of consciousness, humanity as a whole. And to get there, we have to go through these labor pains. So and I think that's where we are right now. One teacher expressed that was that we were moving from the age of authoritarianism or administrative control to the age of individual control, mm -hmm. where the individual realizes their own potential. We yes. the, the, our corporations are not going to save us, our governments are not going to save us, and our churches are not going to save us. Right. They'll help. Right. All of those will help but they're not going to do it. It's coming down to individual people taking individual action. And slowly, as you're saying, as more shows like this come up and more books come up, right? people will say, well, you know, at least begin to consider, is this a possibility or is this just some you know, do-gooder stuff people are talking about? And we were taught to test these things out ourselves. Yes. Okay. Yes. Do not accept anything anybody says about these things. Mm -hmm. Take it as a working premise. Imagine if you were in school and somebody offered um, an equation for you to, to test out. Right. Test it out. See yes. if it works. Exactly. See if making breakfast for the kids right. you know, changes the moment or not. Yes, exactly. And it's one moment at a time. Like you said, it's just, I mean, we don't have to figure out like five years from now, you know, how we're going to fix something. You know, we just take it and stay present in the now. It's so important to be present and do what you can. Let your love and, and, and kindness flow in that now moment. And then let the next now moment do the same thing. It's really to me that, you know, it, it sounds simple. And I know that the world we live in is very at a very chaotic stage because and i believe this chaos chaos that we're experiencing is for a higher good i do and i believe that it is definitely going to be a ground level a groundswell because right now i believe like two percent of like you say the people that control the world is is controlling 98 percent of the world so it's like it's time for the 98 percent to wake up wake up and stand up and say, okay, this is the world I want. Like um, Gandhi said, be the change you That's want right. to be. Be the change, each of us. All we have to each do, all 98% of us that are allowing the 2%. We're, we've allowed for many, many hundred years, we've allowed the 2% to control us. Now it's time for the 98% to wake up and say no more. Okay, I'm going to be the change one by one. I'm going to be the change I want to see in the world. I have a formula for how to make the world a better place. Okay. Um, I uh, put it in my book, Light on the Mountain, which is mm -hmm. a uh, modern allegory about the times that we're living in. Light on the Mountain, where a magical light appears on the mountain mm -hmm. and it changes the people of the city plain. And in the back, there's a, a paper that I wrote, and it has the formula in it. It's a pretty straightforward formula, pretty simple. The first part of the formula is 
first work on yourself to become the best version of yourself. Yes. Whatever that means to you. That means losing weight. If that means working on your heart. If that means being a better worker at work. Mm -hmm. First, work on yourself to become the best version of yourself. Yes. Second, join hands with others and contribute to making your family, community, and world better. Mm -hmm. I talked a lot about the busy family person. Right. But you can join hands with the people in your family to make your family better. And if you live in a dysfunctional family, <laughs> you can make Friday night better, okay? One right. night or, right. or one hour better. So right. the first part is work on yourself. The second part is join hands with others to contribute to make your family, community, and world better. But Because yeah. some people really know how to make the world better. They're very good at this. Yes. And then last, and we have been talking about this throughout the show, Mm -hmm. In each thought, each action, reach higher. Mm -hmm. Seek to take the high road, expressing the highest part of yourself in that moment. Yes. Because I can remember at work so many times where someone backstabbed somebody or did something to them, or like you talked about the situation in, in, in Walmart. Yes. And take that moment to reach for the highest part of yourself. Yes. So the mm -hmm. first step is the work. First, work on yourself. Yes. Second, join hands with the others in your community and your family to make the world better. And third is in each moment, take the high road. Right. Very and good. And that's how, that, that's how we make the world better. Yes. And you're so, it's so true what you say. It does. It has to start with yourself. We, it, it's so true. We can't, we can't give what we don't have. Meaning we, we, we have to have it in ourselves to give it to the world. So it has to first, we have to first start within. We have to go within and do like whatever we feel needs to be changed within us. And it's not what the outer world tells you you need to change. It's what you in your heart feel yeah. you need to change and, and, and work on. So you work on yourself and then your family, then the community, then the, the, the county, the state, and the world. <laughs> yeah. And then each moment, use each moment because that's, that's all we have, actually. Yes, in truth. I mean, Sufis yes. talk about the divine plan being expressed in each moment. Mm -hmm. Moment, yes. you have the opportunity to create Mm -hmm. Yes, each moment is our our each moment is our point of power and our point of creation. One of my favorite books is The Power of Now, Eckhart Tolle, and I, I read that book several times. And I remember when I first got that book and first read it, I couldn't understand it. I put it down. I read the first chapter, put it down, could not understand it because it was before my awakening to oneness. After I woke into the truth of oneness. I was, I couldn't put the book down. I read it several, like three or four times and couldn't put it down. But it, it's true. The now is our point. It's, and we, we can think about the past. We can think about, we can dream about the future, but we can live, we live in the now. We that's live right. In each now moment. So if that's where our true power lies is in this now moment. Yes. This is, yeah, wow. This has been a great, and I am so, I still am so shocked that you, you live 15 minutes from me. You're, <laughs> you're right down the road. I have some dear friends in, in um, Bartonsville. So right. you're right down the street from me. Yeah, we'll have to get to have coffee at some point. Just definitely, def definitely not in the winter. We'll wait till spring. <laughs> we know Pocono winters. Nobody leaves the house in the winter. Well, yeah, they don't know what we're talking about, but it's a sheet of ice outside my I'm house. I'm looking at it now. I, I shoveled for about two hours already today. Yeah. <laughs> and it's I had the guy plow twice, plus, and sh plus I was shoveling for two days. Yes, yes, and it's yeah. still coming down. My neighbor helped me yesterday with his snow blower and I still have because today you now yesterday it was snow today it's ice like uh, yep. I can't do a thing with it I I went out with the shovel saw it was ice came I, I did just the front of the driveway and like that's it I'm not you know it'll melt <laughs>
but, but please, Stuart, please share with our listener, listeners, and I will have links to your books. Um, please share with our listeners how they can find your website and your blog and how they can um, follow you on the internet. Okay. The easiest way is just Google my name, Stuart, S-T-E-W-A-R-T, Bitkoff, B-I-T-K-O-F-F. That's B like boy, I-T-K-O-F-F. I'm on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Lots of people ask me questions on Facebook. I have a blog at stuartbitkoff.com. And a lot of stuff on that blog is free. The Facebook stuff is is free. I've written many things. Okay. And I post them usually on Facebook almost daily. Okay. And it's all free. I don't expect any money for it. The books, there's links to my books okay. on um, my blog, but also Amazon. Yes. You go on Amazon and you type in Bitkoff, B-I-T-K-O-F-F, Stuart. Um, there's seven or eight books. Okay. I've, they're in Kindle version and they're in paperback. I've priced them very modestly mm-hmm. so people could afford them. Okay. Sounds and, awesome. And that and if you really need to ask me a question, <laughs> find me on Facebook or find me on my blog and right. send it. Most of the time I'll answer you. I may not answer your question. Mm-hmm. Most of the time I'm able to. Okay. A lot of time people ask me very specific things about specific faith that I don't really know that much about. Right. Yeah, me, me too. Like I said, I've heard of Sufism, and I know that Sufism um, encompasses oneness. But also I say oneness, because people have asked me about oneness, is this a religion? And I said, no. To me, oneness is the opposite of a religion, because I have respect for all religions. I, you know, I know more about probably the Christian. Christian religion because I went to Catholic school and I came, I was brought up in a Christian household. But as far as the other religions, I don't know too much in detail about other religions. Um, I have respect from, for them all. Because to me, it's not, spiritualism and, and going within really is not about any one religion. And I think a lot of the problems that we do get into as a humanity is saying, my religion is better, or my religion is right, your religion is wrong. No, that's you say what... that about football teams, by the way, and baseball teams. <laughs> well, I have okay. My, my, my team is better than your team, or my, my father it, it makes more money than your father, or your right. mother, or whatever. People yes. use religion, yes, things that are not intended to be used for. Exactly, exactly. Now, my team will always be the Eagles. <laughs> okay, well, you had a good year last year. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we did. Oh, very. <laughs> I just, and we almost, I can't even believe we made it to the playoffs this year. And we, no, that was we made well. it <laughs> to the playoffs. And I was thinking, when we made it to the playoffs, I was thinking, oh, we're going to do it again this year. It's like, uh. Look out, yeah, look, you guys like a good run. Put on a good run. I'm a lowly giant fan, so I've been suffering for a while now. Well, here's the thing. I love it when the Eagles beat the Giants, and we do that all Oh, yeah. (laughs) I I understand that. That's about the only thing we can do consistently. We can beat the Giants consistently. (laughs) But see, you see how... You're you're a Giants fan. I'm an Eagles fan, and we, I can laugh. I, mean, I don't have to like beat you up because you're a giant. I can still love you. you know? Well, yeah. People forget, you know, like people get fanatical about all kinds of things. Exactly. And one of them is religion. Yes. So stop it already, okay? Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's yeah. the point. I I love you, even though you're a Giants fan. You can love me, even though I'm an Eagles fan. A, a Christian and a Muslim can love each other. They don't have to change their faith. They can still love each other, just like that's a Giant and Eagles fan can love each other. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Except when they're playing each other. And then well, they, well, they're, well they're, when we're playing each other, we're gonna beat you. That's all. That's right. That's what it comes. I'll still love you. I'll still love yeah. you. <laughs> Even while we're being you. <laughs> well, this has been wonderful. And yes, we definitely, definitely, as soon as we get no snow on the ground, we will definitely um, have a cup of coffee down in Bartonsville where it's warmer. 
right. And, and maybe we could do this again sometime. Have another Definitely. talk on the show. I love this. This was wonderful. Thank, yeah, thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Oh, and thank you for being my guest. I so enjoyed this. Thank you so much. Okay. You have a great day. I'm going to, we're going to say bye for now, but we're going to keep in touch. Definitely. Okay. And send me the link where this will be showing up. Yes, I will. I will definitely do that. This will be airing in about two weeks because I okay. I'm full recording, but it will air in about two weeks. Okay. Thank you. All righty. All right. Bye. 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 You have a good day. You have you a good too. day. Right. Bye. Bye-bye. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.